everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entirety of the internet, even in the dark web. I've been to the dark web recently. Um, it is a very nasty, disgusting place. But I didn't see any good fancy basketball sites on the dark web. So I, it's safe to say hashtag basketball.com is the best fancy basketball site on the regular web and the dark web. So if you're on either one, just go to hashtag basketball.com for all fancy basketball needs. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I feel like this season might be flying by. Hmm. I don't know. It in a weird way, I feel like a lot of season has happened, and then I look, and there's only been like 13 games played. So, like, which which is it? I, I can't tell. Well, we're 17 percent of the way through. I feel like that's a a good bit. Yeah, like we're almost a fourth of the way through here in a couple weeks. Uh the well, about a week, right? About a week, we hit the quarter pole. I think. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, and this is why I wanted to do this, right? I feel like there are some players that I'm already ready to say I think I might have been wrong here. Yeah, I think we're settling into a place where we can start saying, hey, um, looking at the performance of players, 13, 14 games, still a little bit of a small sample size, but not that small of a sample size. Um we can kind of say, all right, um, are these guys like what the guys that we were looking at, where where are they? Where did they end up? Some of these guys are much better than we thought they were, some guys were much worse than they thought they were. But I think now is a good time to like kind of evaluate because we're getting to a point where these these players, hot starts, cold starts, whatever, they're starting to be consistent um with their w- with the their play. And um, I think we're at that point in the, in the season where it's like everyone's settling in finally. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, there's been some surprises. I would say maybe more so than most years, there's been some surprising play yeah. and some. I would agree. Not- maybe some not so. Well, and I think there's a lot of factors that going into it, right? I mean, the, the rule change, the ball. Uh, shortened off season again, right? The crowds being back. So there's like a lot of factors kind of playing into everything. And yeah. I, I also think it's kind of a generational, we kind of said it the last couple of years, but like now we're having a real season. There's a bit of a, ch- a generational changing of the guards. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. We're seeing some of these players bubble up. Um, we're seeing some of these uh, young superstars, right? Become superstars. Like some of them were just kind of stars or maybe not even stars. And now they're definitely becoming superstars. Yeah. Um, I think the first person I'd look, this might be the guy I was the most wrong about the person I was the most wrong about John ja Moran. Yes. I would a hundred percent agree. Biggest swing and miss. Um, I was talking to uh, our good friend, NBA rigged over on twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Thanks for reaching out NBA rigged. And you know, he was asking if you could re if you could redraft, where would you 
you know, how would that draft go down? Right. And John Morant, right. Like, I think I had him in the, like the eighties. He's currently ranked 14th in a, in a nine category league. Let me get rid of these turnovers. Um, John Morant's 13th overall, you know, is, is he, a, is he a turn player at this point where we, were we that wrong about John Morant? That's a good question. I don't know that he's going to shoot 49% for the entire season. Likely like, not, but it does seem like his percentages um, have gone up a little bit because the, the types of shots he's taking, he's getting to the rim a lot this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just been outstanding. Um, the rebounds are way up, too, and the steals. The steals are maybe the thing I'm the most worried about. Been right around one steal a game for his first two years, now 1.6, and we know steals are fluky. Yeah, they certainly can be, and they really can swing a, a player's ranking, like overall ranking, because steals are such a, I guess, a rare, like, the, you know, just a couple point two point three extra steals really can bump you up in, in rankings. But, like, I don't know. Here's the here's what where's, I'll say. Where's Ja Morant? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, if, like where, if we did where does he have to go? The, he's 20, he's 22. Well, and if we did one of those, start the league now, redraft it, I think he goes in my second round somewhere. Uh, I think he's got to, right? Like, I think we, we talked a lot about that second round, like especially the end of that second round where we didn't feel really comfortable taking Devin Booker. Like we didn't feel really comfortable, you know, reaching down and getting like Tobias Harris or something like that. We, there was this kind of like, Hey, there's a lot of third round players. Somebody's got to be taken in the second round. And we kind of went with Vujovic who's, you know, I don't think we're wrong about Vujovic. It's uh, Vujovic is shooting 39.5%. That's going to figure itself out. All the rest of the stats for Vujovic are there. He's currently ranked 68th. I still think he's a second-round player. I still think Vujovic will finish closer to a second-round player. I think he'll finish in the top 25 by the end of the year on that on that fantastic best team in the league Bulls team. But like on the flip side of that, John Morant easily a second-round pick, and I I don't see that going anywhere because even if the steals drop a little bit, everything else I I think is sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I have. If he goes back to shooting forty-seven percent and like the threes drop off because he has never been a good three-point shooter, now you could argue maybe he's fought adding that to his game and he's young. Um, but even if he goes back to forty-seven and let's say he shoots only thirty-five from three, like isn't he still giving you twenty-four points a game, five and a half, six rebounds, seven point three, seven point four assists? maybe 1.2 steals for the season. Like that's still a really good player and probably somebody that goes in the second round. Yeah. That's still, those are still really, really silly stats. And I don't think that drops him out of the top 25. Right. So I, I will say that I was wrong where he was going 38th in Yahoo drafts. And I did not, I would not have taken him at 38. Like there no. were some other guys I liked there better, you know, Drew holiday and, and other players. And yeah, he's looking like a second round pick. So if you picked him, you uh, did good. I would not even remotely like would have close picked taken him in, in the second round, third round, not, not even consider not wasn't even considering him whatsoever, Tyler. I'm with you there, sir. 
I'm going to throw out a name you may or may not have heard of. <laughs> You're going to throw out a person? I hope so. I hope it's a real person. A real human being. This human being plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, oh, is this the all Grizzlies episode? Are just going to keep throwing out Grizzlies? Only, only Grizzlies <laughs> players. Uh, plays for the Memphis Grizzlies as well. Um, were we wrong about Jaron Jackson Jr.? Um, I think you were more wrong about Jaron Jackson Jr. than me. But I've never been wrong, this. Tyler. But that's that's fair. Because I was trying to tell you not to pick Jaron Jackson Jr. in some of those cases, and you kept trying to tell me I should pick Jaron Jackson. I, which I, is fair. I will I will throw this out there. Jaron Jackson Jr. is averaging close to two blocks a game. I would say you're actually really close to being right and winning this. All he's got to do is make a shot. Yeah. If he makes and, a shot, he's going to be in the top fifty. The, and the, I want to just list the names. This is why I think it's a little early uh specifically when it comes to players who are not shooting very well i'm just gonna go down a list of names bradley beal 40 percent devin booker 43 percent cj mccollum 43 percent that's a little uh that's more typical uh luca 43 uh julius randall 41.4 jaron jackson 38.3 shea gillers alexander 42.7 anthony edwards 41.6 Vujovic 39.5 Jeremy Grant 40. Well, well, I'm just gonna stop you because we're seeing a lot of this and they're all coming back, including Jaron Jackson Jr. If you look yep. over the last five games, he shot 45.3. Yes, and all and those I, guys, it's the same way. Like a lot of those guys you were mentioning that are like up over 40 now were under 40 last week. Like some of them significantly, right? Like even Dame's still under 40. Right. And so those shots are coming back and we're seeing this with Jaron Jackson Jr. too. Like he's shooting 45% over the last couple of weeks. I think it's fair to ask though, how good does his percentage get? Cause like, I don't think he's going to be like 50, like he was as a rookie. No, I don't think it's going to be, it's I think he easily could be like a 46% shooter. And if he comes to 40, 46% shooter, those points go up a little bit, maybe even hits a little bit more threes. Um, I like Jaron Jackson Jr., but I still don't like him where I was thinking about, you know, that third, fourth round. Not sure even with just a bump in field goal, if that does it for him. The blocks are really nice. Well, the the thing that I mentioned of why I didn't want to take him where you were taking him was yeah. the fouls. And the fouls have been a problem. 3.2 a game. Yes, they have. He's only been playing 26.5 minutes a game, and the fouls are a major reason for that. Right. And so – and we've talked about this for, I, mean, I don't know, I think this is the 10th straight year we've talked about this. Maybe. Like <laughs> you just, at some point you have to stop trying to block everything to stay in the game. Right. And so like, it's, it's a trade-off and yes, I know everyone says, Oh, I want two blocks a game from Jaron Jackson jr. Well, you got to get it in 25 minutes then because yep. he's going to foul five times and be out of the game. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to take uh, your lumps, right. And the, if he does, if he is able to stay on the court, right, those blocks go down. They go down to 1.4, 1.5. And then you look around and he's getting under a steal a game. He's only getting one assist a game. Assist a game. He's only getting about six rebounds for a big. And then you kind of go, well, what, what is this? This isn't, this isn't that great. It's kind yeah, of a, a shrug stat line at that point. Um, it's just a lot of okay stuff. Like he's still ranked pretty high. You want to guess what he's ranked in hashtag basketball? Eight cat ranks. Eight cat ranks per think... game. We're going per game, not totals. I feel like looking at totals right now is a huge mistake 
no one should be looking at totals right now no. because if you miss even a game or two, that's going to drop you way down. Kind of a big deal if you've played 12 games instead of 14 games. Chris Middleton's only played six games. You won't even see him on there. Uh, right. Pascal's played four. Brandon Ingram's played eight. Like those yep. guys will be gone because well, they're I'm, just like not enough games. Uh, I am currently looking at uh, the, the rankings. He's ranked 57th. Oh, well, maybe you got your set different than mine because mine says he's ranked 59th. Oh, you got to make sure you're refreshing your – maybe I turned turnovers off. Did I already do that? I thought I did. I don't know. Mine says turnovers off. Oh, oh yeah, uh, I got about 59. Yeah, I refreshed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 59. So that's what I mean. Like, so he's not the bad. And if he starts making a shot, like, is he in the top 50? Probably. Sure. But he's then he becomes a lot closer to where John Collins is. Where John Collins shooting fifty six point three percent, not you know only one block a game, but he's the 49th ranked player. Like John Collins, Triple J, pretty similar players. Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah. you know, like that. Those are those are guys who are not in those top three, top four rounds. Like those are not draftable guys in the top three, top four rounds. I'm with you there. Should I make you eat your crow on the next person? All right, talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> um, I I kept trying to tell you, Mike, that Spencer Dinwiddie was going to be good for the Wizards, and this was a. I think this is why you missed it. Is, is this fair to say that you missed it because you were looking too closely at a very small sample size season? I was thinking that the injuries that have piled up for Spencer Dinwiddie were going to result in a um, level of play that was closer to that small sample size season than his previous seasons. And uh, it does seem that uh, that is, that is incorrect. He's currently ranked 54th overall. He's played very well, six, almost six rebounds a game, five and a half rebounds a game, six assists a game. Uh, And the wizards are actually good, which is also something I definitely messed up. Well, and this is some. This is the, this is the person I was actually going to bring up, and it's also a wizard. Is Montrez Harrell? I swung and missed hard on Montrez Harrell. I have zero Montrez Harrell stock, and he is ranked thirty sixth. Yes, after. and he looks like Montrez Harrell of winning the sixth man of the year, and not Montrez Harrell of the bubble in last season. Where, let's just face it, I mean, he wasn't that good. He wasn't that good in the bubble. He wasn't good last year, but. No, but also think about the role he was playing, right? He was on teams that were contending who needed him to kind of exist in a very specific role. Well, now he's on the Wizards, and the Wizards want to play him 28, 29 minutes a game, let him go at it, let him run the offense instead of waiting for Paul George to shoot or waiting for LeBron to dribble the dribble the ball or the clock out for, for the third possession in a row. Um, Montrose Harold is actually, like, given a role here to, to thrive, and he is. Yeah, for sure. He just looks energized. He looks he looks great. I mean, let's face it, he looks great. Um, there's no threes, but other than that, I mean, he's been a damn good big man. And I don't know if you were drafting again, where would you take Montrez? Because I don't, I still don't know that I want him in the top fifty. As weird as that sounds, like I think I was wrong on him. But do I really want to take Montrez in the top fifty? Yeah, let's let's maybe. Um you know, relax around field goal percentage, right? Let's, you know, a lot of his value is coming from 
that field goal percentage, uh, which is important if you want to win that that category. A lot of people don't really care, but I still think he would be a very solid like in the in the 50 60 range. Yeah, that's kind of where I have him too. There's a kind of a remember all the guys that were hanging around the 50 60 range. We had like DeMar DeRozan, which would have been a great pick. Uh, we told you to pick him like a thousand times, so I hope you did. Um, you know, we we found a lot of like Mike Connolly's, who is currently you know in that in that 50 to 60 range. Uh, as well um i think but then right after that kind of just fell off like there was just not a lot of i don't know who i like i don't know if any of these dudes i feel like Montrose harrell was someone that we had like far outside uh you know maybe at the bottom of a draft or even like outside of the draft tyler hero was somebody i had at the bottom of a draft um i think the most surprising guys that hurt in that like 50 to 75 range right now are reggie jackson and eric bledsoe yeah, I mean, I I was actually in on Reggie Jackson as the last pick. I yes. think we talked about yes, this a couple times, but um, I did not expect him to be um, where he is ranked right now, um, for sure. Um, Montrezl Harrell was going 122nd. I feel like wow. we should have been in on that. I feel like we definitely missed there. We were yeah, we were that, taking a snooze, Michael. We were is on that. is Montrezl Harrell the new Enos Cantor? Ooh. You know I liked Enos Cantor for a long time. Now he poor Enos Cantor can't get a minute. Um, I know. In a Ridiculous. way, but Montrez at least blocks a shot. Enos Cantor just did no defense whatsoever. He just got you points and rebounds. That's fair. Um, so better. Montrez is the better Enos Cantor. Mark, put that pencil in it. Pencil, pencil. He's that the Eniusier Enius Cantor. He's the. He's got a bigger. <laughs> don't worry about it, uh, guys. That we were wrong about. I think. It's it's a there's a list right like no one's perfect. Lot, I think we we a lot of our swings like with Miles Bridges, um, you know definitely hit your uh, our love of Demar Derozan, uh, your your love of Spencer Dimwitty, um, but I think a guy. I don't know. I'm I don't know if I'm ready to write this guy off yet, but I think a guy that we kind of just penciled in there in like the third, fourth round, we were kind of like, yep, nope, third, fourth round guy, pretty good. Uh let's just keep moving on. It was Mikel Bridges. And Mikel Bridges currently ranked 98th overall, even though he is shooting 54%. Suffering from what I, I like to call auto porter syndrome. Uh, when auto porter is above average and everything, he's a top. 40 player and when he's a little below average on every uh on all the stats he's around 98th just like Mikel Bridges Mikel Bridges um assists rebounds are down points are down um you know steals and blocks are a little below one what's going on with Mikel Bridges what's going on in Phoenix really well Bridges yeah like you mentioned it right it's just everything went down a little bit and those little bit on the margins matter. I, I want to ask you a question about Bridges before we maybe okay. talk about Bridges. And, and this is maybe a broader question is just like, does it make you want to draft? I, I don't like to use this term, but a specialist more than a Bridges. Like, does it make you, especially in the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round of your draft, does it make you want to draft some guy who gets 20 points and five assists, but doesn't do anything else? more than someone who's like bridges just good at good at everything great at nothing yeah like i think especially in a head-to-head the answer has to be yes 
because you really are kind of banking on specific categories. Uh, the nice thing about, you know, guys like Bud Heald, um, Matisse Tybold, guys who are specialists in very specific area, areas, Alex Curso obviously getting a very good um, playing time boost from the injuries in Chicago. Um, the reason those guys end up in this like 70, 80 range because of their specialties potentially, but they all, you know, they, they end up being drafted out of the top 100 because you are looking for, you're kind of like, uh, you know, like somebody who will hit, you know, you're kind of leaning towards G- D'Angelo Russell, or maybe you're going for uh, a rookie like Cade, uh, or one of the Jalen's in, in that kind of like 75 to hundred range. I think if you're in a deeper league and really maybe we need to bring this into our philosophy is that 70, you know, in that 75 to hundred range specialists should get the, uh, the right away. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I'm feeling too. It's like, I think we just need to shift the way we look at things, especially in shallower leagues, like in, in shallower leagues, I think it, it matters more that you're really good at something because then you're going to, you're going to have a floor. Right. Whereas like these guys, like bridges, like he's just good at everything. Like you mentioned it, he goes down a little bit and he takes a big plunge. And so I don't really want any of those guys that are going to take this huge plunge potentially by, I mean, like bridges. And this is the weird part about bridges, right? We're talking about it. 13 games into his season if he just gets that steal and that block back up isn't he right back up there near where we drafted him like he he literally needs like a five steal game and a two block game and he's right back where he is he starts sneaking back up there yeah but what's weird is though what weird what is weird though is like someone who did get the specialist treatment this year was danny gafford so everybody was looking forward to Danny Gafford's like two point some blocks a game. And they're like, yeah, he's going to start while, um, you know, the Wizards are injured. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw much as Harold eating into his, his minutes too much, but Danny Gafford still getting 1.7 blocks in 20 minutes, by the way. So still doing exactly what he, uh, we, we thought he would have done, um, but is such a specialist that he, he doesn't score uh, or get rebounds, doesn't hit any threes. Uh, doesn't give you any assists or steals for a center and is probably is killing you elsewhere. So he's like almost too much of a specialist and he was going in that 80, 90 range. So, you know, where's that cutoff? It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's something, it's something to think about maybe just a big picture, like long-term thing. And it's something we got to figure out. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, Speaking of big men who do stuff, Andre Drummond, uh, I'll, you know, granted, there is a lot of opportunity there with Embiid being out. Even in limited minutes, Andre Drummond is a Stanley League player, and I didn't, I did not, I thought that guy was washed. I did not see this coming. Well, I, I don't know, though. Are you ready to write that off as a, a loss when, like, a lot of it has to do with just Embiid missing some time, right? I still think even in 20 some minutes a game, right. He's going to get you enough blocks, steals and, and rebounds to be rostered in a, in a standard league. Yeah. But still where he was going, like, is he going to go there? I mean, he was going like in the eighties. Really? Andre Drummond's going in the eighties. Uh, I want to say now they say his average draft position ended up being one Oh three, but I want to say if you looked at Yahoo's like, it's a lot higher than I thought. 
right like whatever rankings they are what do you call those x rankings z rankings whatever i want to say like for a while he was in the 80s because i was confused like why is he why is he that high yeah that's sense that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense to me right so i think i i don't want to say we missed on that all right, we'll we'll give that a na. Like we, we don't have enough information to decide whether I, we. Here's one that I think on. we were right about, but this is a player I just want to I want to talk to you about. Christian Wood. Why is Christian Wood ranked 149th? Why is Christian Wood so bad right now? Like, let's let, first off, let's say we were right that we were like we are not in Christian. We are not on Christian Wood. We do not think he's a top 50 player. Please do not do uh, get him in the top 50. Um, please do not do uh, what everybody else is doing right now. Please do not do that. I didn't have him out of my top 100 though. And he's down hanging around down here at one, like I say, 149, 150. Uh, shooting like shit. Doesn't do, doesn't get the, the, the like, I don't know. Like blocks and shields are bad, but he's, he's like, um, you know what he's like? He's like uh, kind of like a broke ass Zach Randolph this, this season. The old old Zach Randolph. He also just looks very disinterested in playing out often in the games that I've seen. I, maybe this is just like a, I, I will admit to not seeing every of the fourteen Rockets games, but yep. there have been games where I've watched and I'm like, he just doesn't look like he wants to play. I will admit to not seeing any of the uh, Houston Rockets games live. I'm not interested at all in watching that team. Uh, so if I'm not interested in watching the team, there, there might be a chance that Christian was not interested in playing for the team. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, uh, but, but Christian Wood, obviously 16.5 points and 11 rebounds are nothing uh, to, you know, like dismiss off the bat, but like, man, 53% from free from the line. That, on four that's, attempts a game. So it's that's not shocking. Like, it's not like you can just paper over it either. I mean, he's taking four attempts a game. It's not yeah. one attempt. It's not like you kind of look the other way on that one. Um, that's, I mean, I'm surprised by that. Oh. Yeah. He's been bad, bad, real bad. And surprisingly so I, I would say, um, all right. Another person that we, is it time to pour one out for an old favorite old Robert Covington? Should we, uh, should we, should we on. pour one out for Robbie? No, I refuse. I refuse to pour one out for Bob. Beautiful. Bob is a staple of all good fancy teams. No, I don't think we were saying take Bob Covington in the top 50. You know what I mean? Like we weren't, I don't think we were too wrong on this one, but man, I, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Uh, it just feels like he's lost a bit of uh, what made him, you know, close to a top 50 player for, for a handful of years. You know, the steals are a little down. He's not a, I, I wonder if it's just being in Portland, right? He's expected to stand in the corner, hit his threes. He doesn't have to do any playmaking whatsoever. And he's hitting some of those threes, not enough of those threes. And then that's it. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's just been weird too. Cause like the rebounds are down. The, yes. And so like, I, I get they have Nurkic, but like Alara McCollum, McCollum and Lillard shouldn't be grabbing rebounds from Robert Covington. Like, you should be able to get plenty of rebounds. He's playing pretty much exclusively at the four. Yeah, like, here, here, here's uh, maybe something I like better, right? I'll give you – I'm going to give you a stat line. 
14.5 points, nine rebounds, only two assists, 0.7 steals, 0.7 blocks, 2.5 three-pointers a game. To me, that's a nice – like, if Bob Covington was doing that, I'd be pretty happy. Oh, for sure. Do you want to know who's doing that? Um, do you Can want you me to a, guess? Take a guess. Take a guess. 14 points, you said? 14 points, nine rebounds, 0.7 steals, 0.7 blocks. Is this a big? Is this so? Is this a, is a Robert Covington big man or a, yeah, kind of? A I was Robert, actually going to guess Carmelo, but I think he's scoring more than that. <laughs> he is scoring more than that, which is very surprising. I definitely thought Carmelo was washed. So did everybody else. I'm not going to take any. I'm not going to take any blame for that. I don't know. Give it to me, Kyle Kuzma. Ah, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it just, I don't know. I don't feel good about Kuzma. Like I don't feel good about about Rob Bob Covington either like at this point like they don't there really is something where you're not getting like you're not getting good vibes like you know what I mean like there really is something to that I know that's very like non-technical uh when it comes to like analyzing these guys but like when Bob Covington like you know Bob Covington didn't really have it and he still doesn't have it and if you watch it the games he's kind of like there but he's not like doing anything like you know like all last year I was talking about how like I watched the the Hornets play and there's just something about miles bridges that catches my eye during these games. The, you could say the opposite about Bob Cummington during Portland games. I forget he's out there. And I think there is just something to that. Like, and I think that that, that shows a, tra- a trajectory. Um, the eye test shows a trajectory better than stats ever can. Oh yeah. I'm with you there. Just like, I don't, if I had Covington on the team, I'm probably not trading him but I'm also not super excited about his prospects going forward. Yeah. His long-term doesn't feel great. I feel like if he puts a few weeks together, I try to, I try to move him, move him out. Same with the Nikhil Alexander Walker. I try to, I try to move that guy out. too. Oh God. We talked about that the other week. I think just like um, I wasn't super high on him. I did take him in the, like the last pick uh, in a couple of leagues, figuring like Zion would be out and God, that man, that's been bad. Um, He's currently shooting 37.7%. Here's another player I want to ask you about. Because He's still making 15 points somehow. It's incredible. Well, I mean, again, this is, this is a phenomenon we talk about a lot. He's making 15 points because every team scores 100 and whatever points a game, Michael. And if you're the Pelicans, now Brandon Ingram's back finally. But for a while, Brandon Ingram was out. And yeah. so it was Jonas Valanciunas. And not a lot else for, for a good stretch of games there. And yes. so um, by hook or by crook, right? I mean, sometimes you take 30 shots to get your 15 points, but you, you got to do it. Yeah, that's going to murder murder your field goal. Um, but yeah, this is a guy I want to – one more guy I want to ask you about. Well, maybe, maybe more, but I'll ask you about this one first. Clint Capella. What's up with Clint Capella? What happened to Clint Capella? Yeah, see, I don't know. I'm not. I am not personally ready to sell. No, I don't want to take the. I don't want to take the L on this. I'm just trying to figure out why Clint Capella is not Clint Capella. Yeah, so I don't know. He did come into the season a little bit injured on a minutes restriction, so there was that going on. Um, I do think while he was out, Atlanta was playing incredibly well while he was on this kind of minutes restriction, and while he, you know, sat a few games. Uh, as he's ramped up, Atlanta has um, not played not as well 
And I'm wondering if that's a factor in the whole, you know, when do we put, how do we put Capella in this rotation? How do we get him back to, you know, like uh, to full strength? Is that actually what we want to do here in Atlanta? Do we have a better rotation without Clint Capella? Maybe he comes in on it. So I think Atlanta is still trying to figure out what their best rotation is. And I, I think Clint Capella just happens to be the victim of that circumstance. Uh, 1.2 blocks, 11.6 rebounds. I, I need that to be closer to 14. I need those blocks up a little bit. I need I need that steal above one in order well, for the me to Well, the 11 feel points nice. are hurting you too. Like, I mean, he's yeah. consistently yes. been 13. He's consistently been about 14 for the last four, 14 or more for the last four years. And like now it's down to 11 and three points doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, it's a significant amount. At least he's a specialist. At least he's giving you a like double digit rebounds every day. Yes. Yes. The other kid, this was another guy I took a huge L on. I will say this before we go. And I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to a hundred percent accept it, but it's Mo Bamba. Mo I feel like. Bamba. Cause Mo Bamba is ranked right now after 14 games, 33rd. Ahead of your man, DeMontis Sabonis. Love me some DeMontis Sabonis. Obama just getting wet out there. Like, he's just, he, he's finally putting it together. I think we at least gave the impression that we were like, yeah, I think they're going to play Obama and Wendell Carter Jr. together. I think both of those guys are going to get minutes, and I both think they're both good enough to draft. We, we did at least say that. And both Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. are playing very well. Except for Mo Bamba is playing incredibly well because of that unique threes, steals, 2.2 blocks a game, um, that unique game that he brings to the table. So I feel like we almost, we undersold them, but I don't think we were like wrong. I think we were just, we, we didn't want to, we didn't believe the hype, which believing the hype is usually a bad idea. I'm certainly not drafting Mo Bamba in the top 50. If we did a redraft. No, me neither. I think though, there's, this is maybe the takeaway for this. And this is kind of why I wanted this to be my last player is there's a, a, an important takeaway, I think from this player. And it's this young team, totally rebuilding young guy picked high, want to be successful, right? We're seeing this kind of all over now. They didn't draft Wendell Carter, but like Wendell Carter Jr. has been fairly good. Like good. they're just giving these opportunities, right? These young teams are going to give opportunities to these guys. And so when we get in that, you know, 80, 90, 100, 110 range, when we're like looking around going like, oh man, who do I want here? I might start taking some more of these rockets, thunder, magic yes. from this year, right? And there'll be different teams going forward at some point, right? But like, I might start taking more of these guys just going like, you know what? They're going to give all these guys all the opportunity by hook or by crook. They might actually do something. Right. And it hasn't worked out for some of these rockets guys, right? Like Kevin Porter jr. Has been bad. Uh, Jalen green hasn't been great, but I feel like those players are still going to have a great opportunity going forward to, to make some noise because they're just keep giving them the run. Right. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, our friend Dan Bespris, uh, from uh, who, who has been, I was, I, we've been on this pod, he's been on this pod, like he kind of avoids all these young dudes, and he always is like, go with the slow instead of hand, go with the PJ Washingtons, you know, like go with it. 
And like, I think you want to balance that. You want to have some safe guys and you want to take some chances. Um, but I don't know. Like, t- I think maybe the ratio should be a little bit more taking chances than not. I'm going to take the L on Kevin. I own, I owned a lot of Kevin Porter Jr. stock this year. Guy can't shoot. Uh, so I'm taking the L on that one. But like for every Kevin Porter Jr., there's a Mo Bamba, right? Like, and I, I agree with you. I think we should start like Alfred Sagoon, Josh Giddy. I think those guys are like, I still think they have their shot, right? And I still think they have a chance to put something together because they have nice, they have nice stat lines for the, the limited minutes that they play. Uh, and you're, you're, you're not going to get a Mo Bamba by playing it safe. Right. And so, and this is important when we're talking like shallow versus deep league too, is like in a shallow league, man, when it gets to like my last three or four picks, I'm, I'm going for guys like Giddy now. Right. And we talk about this a lot that like, Oh, you can have this safe guy. You can have this guy. Like you should be going for guys like Giddy and not yeah. guys like, I don't know, insert crusty curmudgeon, Danny green. Yeah. Danny, we know Danny green. Probably you probably picked Danny green off your waiver wire. You probably put Kyle Anderson back on the waiver wire. Uh, when you, after you drafted him, you know, like uh, even though we talked uh, a nice game about Pat Bev the other day, he's still just kind of like he's still Pat Bev, you know, like he, he he's his ceiling is known. Um, and I, I do think as the league gets younger and as certain teams are starting to trust, and by the way, there's just insane amount of talent under 25 right now. Um, but as well, we league... talked about this about the rookies, man. Yeah. How many rookies are you like, damn, that kid can play, man? Yeah, and and I, I don't say kid like in a bad way, I mean, like, he's the teenager, children. he's yeah. literally a kid, they are, ch- they are teenager. children, yes, yeah, it's insane, and it's insane how good so many of these rookies are. Like, maybe, maybe it's just like you know, uh, thinking about it, you know, it's the most recent thing we've seen, but at the same time, like there's so many guys right now where I'm like, man, this guy is good. Way better than I thought he was going to be way better. Bam out of bio is 24. You know what I mean? Like Shea Gildress is 23, like <laughs> the under 25 is uh, on the, in this squad, in this, uh, in this world. If you want to play a fun game, sometimes we'll go Chris Duarte, older or younger than some uh, Chris Duarte rookie for the Pacers, yes. older or younger than some, that's Brandon right. Ingram, I don't know who's older. It's, it's a close. fun game. This is a fun game because some of these guys feel like they've been in the league for a decade now, and they're younger than they're younger than Chris Duarte. Yeah, man. How many? I mean, how many years have you heard us talk about? Um, I guess let me let me see if I can find a pull a name out of my ass. Uh, Jared Allen. Feels like we talked a lot about Jared Allen. Jared Allen yeah. is twenty three. That's what I mean. Chris Duarte is already 24. Him and Bam are like relatively the same age, I think. Yeah, I think Bam was born in July of 97, and uh, Duarte was born in June of 97. So Duarte is a month older than Bam on a bio. Yeah. And I don't think that's like, you know, like absolutely crazy to think about. It's like, hey, maybe we should take a shot on younger players, right? I just think it's because uh, we do. We say take, uh, take calculated shots on younger players. Um, you know, we, we like these guys. We don't like these guys. But I think, you know, maybe more so is that don't feel bad at t- about taking too many shots on younger guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because, you know, like, like, like I said, the, the waiver wire those first weeks is where you win your league. Someone picked up Chris Duarte and they're probably feeling still pretty good about Chris Duarte. Like he's he's good. He's solid. 
Yeah, he's actually, I mean, I, I think everyone thought, right, he's going to be like a, a better, a, a more ready rookie. And he's been good. He's exceeded my expectations, right? Like, I, I, I'll admit he's a player I didn't think was going to, like, no. come out and be a, a consistent guy, especially for fantasy. But, like, um, he's when you think about how, his age, like, he's really not – he's not the typical rookie for sure. No, 0%. He's just ready to play. Like, he's, he's, he's of age. He's older than most um, of the people in the league, for God's sakes. Uh, but, yeah, I think, like – where we were wrong was just in the in those uh, in those spaces where we just didn't see these big, like a breakout of John Morant size is rare, um, but at least it's not one of those um, you know breakouts where it was like a twenty eight year old and you're like suddenly a twenty eight year old's good like how did that happen? Those are those are the rarest of the rare. Oh, dude, some of those some of those just blow my mind because it's just like wait, I've watched this guy for like the last five years and yeah. he wasn't good. <laughs> he, he should not be good. So I think, you know, the future will definitely, we won't, let's make some notes on this one on the, where we were wrong as we uh, definitely were. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, we thought Lonzo or yeah, we thought uh, Lamella would be good, but not this good. We thought Lonzo would be good. In fact, I think we thought Lonzo would be this good. And so the, the purpose of this exercise, I think, is to, to try to figure out, you know, what mistakes you made and, and how to fix them going forward, right? Like to what, what to change. And that's yeah. why I think, you know, we what, are our, about you know what are our blind spots right now? And, and right. I think that's a little bit of a blind spot. And I think you, even during the season, we can make that adjustment, right? Like we can say like, okay, well, Evan Mobley just got hurt. Like Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley looks really, really, really good. Uh, some people might be in a win now mode. Maybe uh, some people might be in a, I'm, I feel desperate mode and I, you know, Evan Moby is going to be available for the next few weeks uh, as he does not play. And I think that's a nice, even short-term pickup if you can make a trade for, for Evan Mobley. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree with you um, that, you know, we, we got to look at our blind spots, Tyler. Yeah. And I mean, I I think, you know, that's, that's how you get better is you just figure out what you're not good at and you try to fix it. So that's what we, that was the goal here. Um, We could sit here and toot our own horns all day about guys we were right about. Right. But that's not doing us any good. It's not, not helping us solve problems. No, you got, even if you, you nailed a handful of uh, those picks, even if you did take uh, Miles Bridges and DeMar DeRozan uh, in those, in those mid to late rounds, uh, that's great. You're probably doing pretty well, but you could still be doing much better. Um, and yeah, I think we also could be doing much better. And if you have questions or feedback for the show of how we can be better to bring you the content that you want, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Twitter at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts. That's W a T T S hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on twitch.tv slash watching the boxes or support the show patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate all our listeners and we'll see you next time.